0: Welcome to Locked On Bucks presented by BrewHoop, the first edition of the new podcast, which is basically the old podcast. I'm Frank Madden from BrewHoop.com and with me as always, Eric Name. Eric, say hello. Hello. Um, So uh, you may notice uh, a new player and a new RSS feed, uh, Bear West is with with us with all that, after 140 episodes of the original Bruhu podcast, we uh, had a, a chance to join uh, the new Lockdown NBA network. Uh, and, um, you know, you guys may be familiar with that. A lot of great podcasters uh, covering every team in the league. And uh, we're, we're very pleased to be doing the Bucks iteration thereof. And I guess before we dive into Summer League, um, just wanted to give you a little bit of background. So um, it'll be very similar to, to the old podcast. Uh, but we're going to try to do them more often and uh, and in more bite-sized uh, editions. So uh, hopefully during the season and, and for the rest of maybe July, close to uh, a daily podcast during the week, uh, but more in the kind of 15 to 30-minute range. Uh, and I think probably all of you are, are familiar with us, but in case you're a new listener, uh, again, I'm Frank Madden, uh, had the fortune of starting for com way back in October of 2007 and um, have been doing these podcasts for, for quite some time and, and uh, pleased as always to be joined by, by you, Eric, and, and Eric, for, for the, the uninitiated, uh, give them your sales pitch. Who is Eric? name?
1: Eric Name, um, I've been with the Bruhoo podcast now for about a year, let's say, I think last summer when I started here That's with Frank. Right. Um, I've been at Milwaukee Magazine for the last two years doing Quick Bucks, a column I write there, uh, weekly during the season. I've been writing here at Bruhoo for about a year. I'm over at ESPN Milwaukee as well, where you'll see some of my work there. Um, so we're around, I guess. I think that pretty much sums me up.
0: You are you are very present in the Milwaukee media scene, Eric. Radio, podcast, <laughs> written—maybe uh, not print, because yeah, let's be honest, that's not a thing yeah, that exists. Not so much anymore. Um, but anyway, so we're we're excited to be starting kind of a new new chapter uh, in the podcast, and uh, obviously, let us know. If you have any thoughts on topics or format or any of that stuff, we'll, uh, we'll again try to be doing these far more regularly. So be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes uh, and uh, obviously watch watch the site and we'll be posting everything a million times and tweeting them out a million times and putting them on Facebook. So it'll hopefully be easy to, uh, to, to catch on with this even if it is technically kind of new. Uh, and also we'll probably be start doing kind of ad supported stuff at some point. Um, you may notice kind of on the intro to the podcast, we have an ad there. So kind of just to make it something that we can do and put in a lot of time, um, we'll be doing that. And, um, if you have, if you are someone interested in advertising on the locked on box presented by Bruhu podcast, uh, feel free to shoot us an email at Bruhu at gmail. Um, I don't know about you, Eric. I accept uh, payment in the form of uh, cash or uh, pizza or, you know, kind of anything at this point. It's, it's a barter economy as far uh, as far as I'm concerned.
1: <laughs> I was really hoping you're going to mention food. So like anyone that's in Milwaukee that just wants to just hand over food of some sort pizza. I like sandwiches. Um, I really like a lot of different food. If there's pasta, I'm cool with that, too. Tacos, whatever. I'm down with all of that.
0: Yeah, if someone from like the uh, COPS corporate marketing department or Oh, uh, custard
1: of course, my
0: God. Yeah, or Rocky Rococo, um, who I, I mean, I'm, I'm giving them free advertisements already. I don't know why they'd even give us anything to, to, <laughs> to plug them, but anyway. Uh, so, we are recording this on Wednesday night. Is that is that, yes, Wednesday night slash uh, I'm on the East Coast right now. It's Thursday early, morning for you. Early Thursday morning. I'm heading to Vegas uh, in like eight or nine hours uh, for one last game, so the that's always annoying but i couldn't go last weekend uh we just watched suffered through um i don't know uh <laughs> persevered through uh, the bucks fourth uh, i was gonna say preseason game uh fourth vegas summer league game uh they got blown out by the mavericks tonight in uh the first round of the tournament which i hate by the way i hate the tournament format because it means that i Always have the hardest time scheduling my trips because I never know, aside from the first basically three days, when the Bucs are going to be playing. Um, so anyway, uh, first world problem. But uh, Bucks have not looked good the past two or three games. Uh, won their first game, lost the last three. Uh, and tonight, Thon Maker scored 17 on, uh, I think, six of 17 shooting. Hit a couple threes. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon was like one for uh, a billion, I believe. Uh,
1: billion. No, scratch
0: that. Two for 15. Rashad Vaughn, four of 14. Um, Brogdon, though, five assists, no turnover. So he sort of, it was a very Malcolm Brogdon in Vegas type type performance. But uh, rather than kind of, you know, break down a, a Vegas league game, uh, I figured we would start with uh, the person that everyone cares about, which is Thon Maker. And uh, I think tonight we're going to be recording a, a couple quick episodes. We'll talk about Thon Maker now, uh, and then we'll get to uh, Malcolm Brogdon, Rashad Vaughn in uh, in the next episode hopefully can get up that up on a Friday and everybody else we don't really care about that much because they're not gonna make the Milwaukee Bucks regular season roster Um, apologies to LeBron Nash and Steve Steven Sir and Jared Berggren Um, but uh, that's just the way the way it looks so let me start it off by asking you Eric um, Thonmaker let's let's look at the positive and the negative there's obviously been a lot to digest Um, we've seen him play a ton and try to do some different things and with different levels of success. So give me maybe, let's start with the positive. Give me two things that, that you've really liked from Thonmaker, you know, kind of looking at his body of work over the past week.
1: The first thing I would say is the motor is pretty much as advertised. Uh, one of the big things that literally anyone in the Bucks organization would tell you when they talked about Thonmaker was... This kid plays hard all the time. We don't, we don't have any concerns about whether or not he'll play hard. His motor just goes. He's got an elite motor, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's pretty much been true. I mean, you look at a guy that didn't really play any upper-level basketball, kind of played high school basketball, whatever you want to say he did. To see him play as hard as he did is pretty awesome and cool to see. I just think of him literally sprinting up and down the floor, which for young guys sometimes is a difficult thing to do. And I I think at times you might have seen him get a little bit tired and maybe not have the legs to do it, but even when he didn't have those legs, he was still trying to sprint up and down the floor every time, get that early post position and try to make some things happen. And I know a couple people have highlighted that, Mike Prada, um, Jonathan Sharks, as well. I think both of them have highlighted how hard he plays. So that's been pretty much as advertised and obviously something that I think, just about any Bucks fan would enjoy. Um, And then also just the fact that he's a large athletic human being is pretty cool. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He's seven foot one. He runs pretty well. Um, Well, I'll get to maybe some of that, the problems with his his athleticism and things I don't like about him, but he's, he is, he is seven foot one. He's athletic, runs the floor. Well, Um, again, I'm not, I've kind of said this whole time, I'm not really worried about the skills with him at this point, just kind of wanted to see if he really is kind of those things they advertised. Is he athletic? Can he use that wingspan in some creative ways? Is is he really going to play that hard? And I think all those things have been true. Uh, he's athletic. He gets up and down the floor, moves pretty good. Um, I wouldn't say he's necessarily explosive, but he is athletic. And for a seven foot one guy, that's a pretty cool thing.
0: Yeah. And I- I think it's interesting. this is a really random pet peeve to have, but uh, I've heard a number of people on podcasts and reading about prospects and like that refer to guys just sort of generically as fast. and i i I feel like that's so lacking in nuance and and just the way basketball is played you know, having end-to-end speed, which a guy like Thon Maker, I think, you know, does have, I mean, you can look at his, you know, combine numbers, which is, I mean, look at him the past week, he gets up and down the court very easily, but being, having, you know, being able to get up and down the court isn't necessarily always a very useful thing. I mean, Larry Sanders got up and down the court tons, and, you know, I mean, big guys don't always get, you know, pretty, you know, pretty rarely, like, does that trans- translate into, you know, passes up ahead to dun dunks and things like that. Um, But I think when I think about what Thon has done well, I mean, I think it's more of the overall package of movement. And, you know, it's not just being able to sprint up and down the court, but, you know, he can move his feet well. Um, He's a guy that, uh, you know, has recovery speed. Um, we saw it, you know, I, I, just think back to that play where he, he closed out from, you know, the lane, basically the guy caught the ball and he still had a foot in the lane
1: that corner and three. he
0: recovered out and, and got a piece of, uh, of a corner three shot and, and that kind of, you know, athleticism and, uh, that's, that's unique, right. And, and having that agility and, and it's also obviously, you know, your brain being able to recognize what's happening and, and being able to react to it. So I think his movement generally, um, has been very encouraging. I mean, he has kind of like a choppy running style. Um, you know, I don't think he's of a, a Giannis type type uh, floor running ability. I mean, you know, certainly not with the ball in his hands. We'll get we'll get to that <laughs> in a moment. Um, but uh, but I think he generally moves pretty well. And also, I mean, for a guy that is just sort of like always generically referred to as raw, um, I think he has the start of um, of a sense of where to go on the court and how to read plays um, it, it's kind of like you know he we know he's a very uh, intelligent guy off the court and he's and he wants to learn and and understands those things so even if sometimes maybe he doesn't have the the perfect instincts you can tell he's sort of like trying to 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 read you know uh, the, how to, how to hedge a pick and roll well or you know how to when to pick and roll when to pick and pop um where to go when you know he's not near the play uh, on both ends for that matter and and there's going to be you know i think we saw i mean certainly plays where he wasn't in the right spot or you know over pursued or whatever it might be but um but i think he's a guy who's going to figure that stuff out and that that was obviously positive positive. and then i think the other thing you know again kind of a generic point but i mean i think he did sort of the Things that you need a, a young big man to do to get on the court, which is, you know, again, have that kind of lateral mobility, be able to read plays and uh, on the perimeter and, and not get, you know, um, caught in no man's land, not get Jabari Parkard, let's say, um, in a pick and roll. Oh, and, that was uh, messed up. Yeah, sorry about that, Jabari. Um, and, you know, his rebounding fell off the last couple of games. Um, he's not a guy who's going to, you know, be under the basket just battling with big guys and, and winning boards that way you know but but he does seem pretty conscientious about trying to box out you know when the shot goes up he, he looks for a body and and tries to feel for it and um he's not a guy that you know is, is averse to that which is a good start obviously and obviously he, he grabbed a lot of rebounds in the first two games only six and three in the last two games so you know and might have been running out of gas a little bit well you kind of a question that we'll we'll see we'll see how he does in the regular season but certainly the fact that you know he, he at least showed periods where his his motor was translating into rebounds um you know he was finding seams inside getting dunks you know getting to loose balls things like that i think those are the kinds of things he's gonna have to do had you know a few impressive blocks only one block in the last two games um i don't think he's a you know miles plumley volleyball blocking type rim protector at this point um we can get into that in a moment but uh, you know he can come over and 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 make the occasional weak side block and things like that. So, uh, you know, doing the kinds of things that um, he'll need to do to try to, to steal some minutes this year, which certainly it seems like the Bucks uh, hope he can do. Um, but so we were kind of alluding to some of the the negatives. Um, so you know, Eric, I mean, when you think about everything we've seen from him, there's obviously been a lot of on on the job learning. But uh, if you were going to highlight maybe a couple things. <laughs> call them room for improve areas of improvement needed or, uh, clear weaknesses or, uh, whatever you want. Um, what, what kind of jumped out at you over the last week or so?
1: I think the big thing for me is that in the lead up to all of this was obviously people hyped up his skills and I'm not here to talk about that. Cause uh, for a while I've said, I'm not really concerned about that, but a lot of people hyped up. What What is this vertical? 37, 38, whatever it may be. It's 36 something. and a half. Yeah. Okay. 36 and a half. I don't think I've ever seen him jump more than 30 inches in the air in a game. <laughs> um, and I might not even say I've seen him jump more than 25 inches in a game. So I think there's, again, there's always this kind of, fetish, I guess you fetishize a little bit with, combine numbers you're looking at him and you think oh man he can do all these things and we'll talk about that uh maybe in the coming days with Malcolm Brogdon a little bit but with with Maker it was oh he's got this huge vertical and well yeah it's cool if you can jump that high but you actually have to be able to do it in games and he just has this strange kind of tendency not to really jump at times and not to really get really bend his legs at all when he jumps, uh, there there was a couple times where on pick and rolls he'd get a perfect pocket pass and ba- just barely like laid over the top like it, like when Bill Walton couldn't dunk like the rules said he couldn't dunk where he just like set it over the rim like he he would dunk the ball like that and it's like dude you're you're seven foot one you got a seven three seven four wingspan and a thirty some inch vertical like you should go put your hand on the top of the backboard and then throw it down <laughs> like yeah I should I should see something that makes me think like wow this guy is a freak and I just don't know if I really see that at any point and it that that very well could change like it could just be he's got to figure out how to turn that athleticism into functional athleticism where he can actually use all of those skills that or I guess all those athletic traits traits that he does have but it doesn't really come across, I guess, in gameplay at this point. Um, so that's one thing I didn't like. And also, I guess I'm I'm very curious about his shot blocking. Um, I think, kind of like you said, I think he does a nice job staying down on the perimeter. But on the inside, I'm a little bit worried about him being up in the air too much. I don't know if necessarily... I, th- I think the best shot blockers keep their verticality get a, a far enough out to stop drivers and then at the very last moments you could jump in the air to block a shot that's when they jump and that's when they block that shot and, and i think sometimes again this could just be his freaky nature where all of a sudden he's blocking shots with his elbow because he's already up in the air and he's doing all these different things which again it could just be because he's so freakishly large and that that would be a great thing but I'm not necessarily sure if there there won't be times where he gets himself out of position trying to go for a block and is a little bit reckless in that regard and obviously we saw that a little bit in that 10 fall game and I would probably attribute that more to tired legs than anything else but I, I do wonder whether or not he he has elite shot blocking in him I think you see a couple of those blocks he hasn't want to think obviously he's a, he's an elite shot blocker but I'm still a little bit curious there. So I don't necessarily know if that's something I don't like or something I don't like as much as everyone else, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad you kind of brought up those couple of things because, you know, I mean, he's had a bunch of dunks in the last week, right? So it's not like he's, yeah. uh, you know, Zaza or something. And he, he's
1: not. No, he's yeah, not, he's not he's ground up
0: there, right? He, he is dunking, but he's, uh, you know, they're kind of the uncontested sort of, um, you know, find himself in the right spot. You know, gets a rebound, whatever it might be, type dunk. Um, he he hasn't kind of shown that like really playing way above the rim type of game. And maybe we're we're also a little spoiled by by watching Miles Plumley last season because Plumley is, I mean, a phenomenal athlete. You know, when you yeah. when you look at, at how high he gets up. Uh, as a pick and roll guy, um, as well as uh, you know, again some of the some of these volleyball blocks where he goes up with two hands and just meets a guy at the apex, uh, you know. And, and again, I'm not going to call Miles Plumley like an elite rim protector or anything like that. But uh, right now, Thon looks like a guy who I think if you look at all his his block shots, I mean that that closeout block we mentioned was really impressive. But yeah. other than that, you know, he, he kind of like was coming. It was kind of a situation where he kind of comes over and and you know, maybe surprises a, a guard who's, you know, a small guy coming into the lane and and blocks a shot that way. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's valuable, right? But it's, it's kind of, uh, it's not in that, you know, it's not, he's not in that category of guys who, um, you know, if, if he's body to body with a a 6'11 guy, you know, I think that guy's going to be able to put his, 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 his body into Maker's body and it's going to be able to clear him out well enough that, that, you know, Thon's not really not going to be a... A great shot blocker in those types of situations, which, you know, again, I mean, you know, I was looking back at the stats. I mean, John Henson really didn't, I, I forget how many shots he blocked in his first uh, summer league, but he, he also really wasn't much of a shot blocker that, uh, that, that first kind of go around in Vegas. So, you know, again, it's a small sample. We'll see how it goes. Um, but I would say he, he I would agree. He seemed not as freakishly athletic as maybe his measurable suggest. clearly a good athlete, um, a pretty smooth athlete. Um, but not quite freakish right now. And and again, that can change, right? I mean, you know, building up his, his athletic base, um, giving him more explosion. I mean, Giannis is a good example of a guy who became much more athletic as he matured physically. Um, and, and I mean, but, it's
1: not necessarily a bad thing to be a good athlete at seven one. Like that, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. a clear plus. Like if you're a good athlete at seven one, that's good. But, uh, I don't know if necessarily I see the advertisements of the freakish athleticism. I don't think he has that quite yet. But like you said, it could develop.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting. I mean, I think there's a lot of physical development. You know, people talk about the strength. People don't talk about sort of the explosion as much. And that's sort of like assumed to be there. Um, but again, I mean, if you want to talk about a guy becoming, uh, you know, more than just a decent player. Well, I mean, I think he has a chance to, to get even more athletic. And I think that'll be important uh, important and- to watch.
1: And I was going to say, I think that you brought up a good point with the explosion, is that I think there is a difference between being athletic and being explosive. And and like you said, uh, a lot of the times at the start of Giannis' career, I'd probably classify him as more of an athletic type player. And over the years, I would say he's probably gotten quite a bit more explosive. Uh, at least that's the way I would view it. I don't know if you would have that same opinion. But... It, I I do think it's something that can develop, but at this point, I don't see a lot of explosion out of Makers. So that'll be interesting to see if that develops.
0: Yeah, and I think then, you know, looking at some of the other issues, I mean, <laughs> I, I respect the fact that you weren't even going down the, the skill development path at this point. It's not um, worth I'll, it. I'll, uh, I'll take the bait. I'll, I'll take the bait quick. It's a little interesting because, and I'm, I mentioned this on Twitter, I think a lot of the debate about Thon is... Is a little bit strange in the sense that he kind of carry he he he's still sort of carrying that baggage of being the mixtape guy, yeah. and it seems like a lot of people who, whose opinions I respect, um, who were not very high on him going in the draft, like are still kind of like in the mode of trying to like shout down people who thought he was going to become a superstar, and on the flip side, you know, there's still obviously people who want to talk themselves into Thon having like this superstar upside. And I don't know. I mean, he's still uh, pretty mysterious in terms of what he can become to me. Um, and you know again, I'm not, I will never refer to him as nineteen years old because I don't think we really can say that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> not, to, not to open that can of worms again, but yep. um, but I think that's a, a question of you know how much he can develop physically, and then I think skill wise, um, you know I think a lot of the stuff that people maybe saw that you know the kind of casual fans that got really hyped up about in the last couple of years, I think you know that looks more like kind of fool's gold type stuff. I mean, he had one play where he kind of went end to end and drew a foul, I think, in the second game, but I mean, he's when he puts the ball on the floor, it's not a good thing for, for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know again I'm sure he'll work on that um but he's very much just sort of, you know, good enough to be dangerous uh on that front and and I think the question about his shooting is, you know, is that a similar thing or or is that going to be more legitimate? I mean, he was a 70 plus percent sh- free throw shooter all through high school. Uh, he's 4 of 16 in, uh, in Vegas so far, so obviously shooting a lot of threes and has made some. Um, you know, I don't know if Jason Kidd's going to let him or encourage him to shoot threes. Uh, he's not going to encourage him to put the ball on the floor and attack the rim like Jabari and Giannis because I just don't think he can do that. Um, but it'll be interesting to sort of see how they cultivate – his skill set because you know he really isn't a threat in the post um really isn't a threat putting the ball on the floor um and at this point you know he is much more of a an energy guy uh with kind of this intriguing i think pick and pop potential um so i think it's gonna be interesting to see how that evolves and and i i demanded i think in our preview podcast that that Thawne hit four threes in Vegas given that Larry Sanders <laughs> and John Henson each hit two right Henson yeah, was two yeah. of three in 2012 Larry Sanders was two or sorry yeah, and Larry Sanders was two of six in 2010 um, by the way those two guys that were a combined 0 for 10 in their NBA careers uh, after last season. <laughs> so oh, Maker being, being four of 16, I'm not sure what that means. I think he has a much better chance of actually becoming, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, a, a, capable jump shooting guy in time, but we'll see, you know, Vegas is a, is a strange place for many reasons. And, uh, we'll see if that's, that's something. But I think, I think when you think about his potential, I think, um, you know, there are two things that I think he has to become. I think he has to become a guy that can play the five in semi regular minutes and, you know, we didn't necessarily see a lot of that this week because, uh, he was generally playing with a a Joshua Smith or another kind of more traditional bigger guy like Prince eBay, guys like that. Um, so we really didn't get to see him necessarily try to, you know, be exposed to having to hold down the fort as a center. And obviously we saw a lot of the, the shooting. So, you know, again, I think his most fully realized potential would be a sort of a stretch five. And, you know, if he does that, he doesn't necessarily need to be a guy who's doing anything in the post and or doing anything other than you know spotting up and then um playing around the basket when when he's not doing that so um so it'll be interesting to see um i you know again i'm i'm still not sure i can think of like a really good comp for what thon maker could be or will eventually be um because i i just don't necessarily want to go down that that road at this point um but i think we've seen that you know he he does have some skill he doesn't have maybe as much skill as many people would hope he has, or or specific types of skill like in the post, or you know any types of advanced moves with the ball or putting the ball on the floor. Um, but he, you know, I think does have some shooting ability that that could become something. And you know, again, he's he hasn't faced this kind of competition really previously, so um, you know, we'll see. I mean, he's <laughs> at a, he's he's at a steep learning curve, right? I mean,
1: How crazy is it that? we say he hasn't played this type of competition yet and we're talking about summer league competition like that yeah. that's kind of the craziest thing with him is that you just you just have no idea what anything is with him because we have so little game film to go off of, and all we can kind of... And it's just interesting to me, because I before we started recording, I was talking about, oh my god, did you actually watch whatever this is that they're doing in Las Vegas? Because it's not basketball. Like, are you actually watching it? And he told me, yeah, we'll watch all the games, and I've suffered through most of them as well, and it's just funny to think, like, man, I see why people want to be invested in thon in this game because there's just so little else like you can dig and dig and dig on the internet and you can find maybe some game footage from in high school at some point like there's just so little to go off of with him that i absolutely get investing in this summer league in these games and trying to figure out what thon is so so i get it but yeah i I don't know how much clearer the picture really is uh from even from a week ago well,
0: on that topic, so a week ago we had not seen Thon Maker play real-ish <laughs> basketball, uh, applying all the caveats that might be required in talking about Vegas Summer League basketball. But uh, now that you've had four games of you know sample to to digest and and see Thon playing under uh, you know in in a Bucks sort of system and and doing things that the Bucks in theory want him to do. Does what we've seen here change your expectations for this year or the long term, or do you kind of feel like, eh, you know, it's more or less I'm in the same boat where I was a week ago, maybe a little more confident in it, but uh, I don't know. What, what do you what do you see from Thon Maker? Is is he a different guy than you thought, or is it kind of what uh, maybe what you guessed he might be?
1: Yeah, I I just think back to, uh, I think it was the Friday after the draft, so a day after that morning, I tweeted something out that was kind of just my general thoughts. Like, I didn't actually write a piece on Brew Hoop, I just kind of threw out what thoughts I had. And the thing I kept coming back to is that so many people want to focus on the ceiling with him, and I think the floor is, is more intriguing. And I mentioned things like being an energy big, dunking some balls, blocking some shots, and finding a way onto the floor that way and for the most part i think the stuff people are getting excited about in this last week are those things Are uh, is thinking oh this guy might actually be able to play this year when i i think if you think of him as this project and this potential superstar sure he's he's a project that's two or three years away and probably maybe may never reach that so I've always thought just focus on the floor is more interesting, and I think this this last week you've seen him block some shots, seen him dunk some balls, and you've seen him rebound better than I thought he could rebound. Um, again, obviously he's struggled with that the last two games, but those first two games, double-doubles with really solid rebounding numbers, that was a bit of a surprise to me. So for me i don't think much really changes for me it's it's pretty much exactly what i was thinking Uh, he's an energy big for now and if those other things develop down the road that's great but if he wants to find his way on the floor it's got to be as a big and he's gotta he's gotta bring some energy and that that appears to be a way that he could actually do things right now
0: yeah i think the floor conversation is important and especially if you want to you know, especially in the, in the, through the lens of, of what he could become in the very short term, you know, having that floor is important. And, you know, again, he, he's such an interesting guy because I I get why people call him raw, but he, he's not like a guy who is completely clueless about basketball either, right? You you listen to him talk about the game and what he tries to do. And, uh, you know, I think he seems to communicate on the court he seems to be smart enough um, that he's sort of overcoming some of that rawness to some extent, and I think um, that will will help him, I think, in, in the big picture, sort of get to where he needs to be, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, and I think it also makes it more likely that he's going to get to, you know, whatever his potential is. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I don't think he has necessarily the ceiling that a lot of, well, I don't Maybe say this. I don't think he has necessarily the ceiling that a lot of like fans or casual fans maybe thought he had coming into the draft. Um, I'm also not as pessimistic as I think a lot of the kind of smart draft people were that I enjoy following on Twitter, yeah. who sort of were, I think, overly negative and sort of you know. I mean, look at—he's a smart guy, hard worker, physically extremely talented, has skill in some areas. I think, namely shooting, that is a very useful area to have some skill in. Um, So again, you know, I mean, if you can hit threes at a, at a reasonable, vaguely respectable rate from the outside when you're seven one and you can rebound and block some shots and dunk stuff, catch and dunk around the basket, you're going to be a good NBA player and you may not be a star, but, but you're going to be useful. And, and so I think that's, that's kind of also where I am from Thon. And I think, you know, when we look at what we discussed last week what did we want to see i think we've seen a lot of those things right Yeah. And doing the things that that he needs to to get in the game and and look you know I, someone commented I forget who it was someone you know tweeted at me that uh i think since you know 2012 there's been no bucks rookie that played under 800 minutes and you know you look at johnny o'brien the number of minutes he played the last two <laughs> years i mean you know again they, they did sign Mirza Toledovich. obviously Janis nabari are going to gobble up you know, the vast majority of the three and four minutes, but you know, if Toledovic gets hurt, who's your backup for right now? Right. I yeah. mean, you can obviously try to split those between Jabar and Giannis as much as you want, but there are going to be times when neither will probably be in the game for some stretch. Um, so I, and I think the other piece too is, I mean, they want to get him on the court. So I think, uh, you know, hopefully he, he's a quick learner and he stays with himself. I think if he stays in his lane, uh, he'll be much more likely to be, I don't want to say useful as a rookie, but um, will at least you know be able to hopefully hold his own. And I, I think in the long term, you know, again, I, I, my dream is that he becomes a stretch five, and, and maybe not a full time stretch five, a five, but but at least a guy who can play five against a lot of lineups. Um, and I don't know, we'll see. Again, I, I you know we didn't really see him play much five this week, um, and and that might not be that realistic uh, until he puts on a bit more strength but uh i think it'll be interesting to see kind of this year and obviously a lot of this depends as well on kind of how the roster fills out plumley's still a restricted free agent greg monroe's kind of hanging around (laughs) but obviously is it might not be long for the franchise um and depending on what happens with with those guys and obviously if they were to add another three four that that could also uh be a factor although i don't know i'm not sure if they they would do that so anyway long story short um we at least have some sample on Thonmaker, which is good. Uh, we've seen him do some good things, which is good. Uh, and at the same time, I don't know if we we you
1: know, <laughs> changed our mind
0: about things. And, yeah. and you know, again, I, we weren't, like, huge pessimists. We weren't calling the Bucks out for daring to pick Thonmaker 10th. I think at least, um, you know, there's some of the potential downside scenarios have been averted. He, he looks like he belongs and um you know we'll see if he ends up being uh worthy of a number 10 pick but um i think again as you were saying the, the a mid to late lottery pick the you know what you're expecting there is uh is very different from you know i think what a lot of the debate is around him being a star and things like that he doesn't have to be a star and yep. uh hopefully uh that's something that uh, at a minimum he can live up to and and hopefully it's something we uh, we see pretty soon